0: Please turn your Bibles to 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to answer three questions in the introduction, and then we're going to get to the real important stuff in 1 Timothy. But I, I do think it's important for the church to understand somewhere here last week. Some of you were watching online, and then it, went, it got cut off in my prayer, and, and then you got an email. So um, answering three questions this morning, And uh, just saying up front, I went short last week, so you gained a few minutes last week. If I go long this week, you owe me, all right? It's going to be okay. Three questions. Why I came to Calvary, what God did here at Calvary, and where does Calvary go from here? So those are the three questions I want to answer here in the beginning. First of all, why I came to Calvary... In early 2017, I was at a sporting event with my son. He was playing a game, and I was sitting down in the parking lot, and I got a phone call uh, from this guy named Don Pennington, and uh, I was sitting there in the car waiting to go into the sporting event, and Don started uh, just asking me some questions and telling me about this church in Simpsonville, South Carolina, and... uh, it was a great conversation, uh, thoroughly enjoyed it, and then he and his wife actually made a trip uh, to Florida to visit our family and and uh, just have loved them ever since, and uh, then this other couple showed up at our church, kind of incognito, uh, Eric and Dina, um, they kind of were, were sent down to kind of check things out, and uh, so I knew there was a couple visiting the morning that they came, but I didn't know who they were, so I'm trying to preach and trying to figure out who these people are who are from Calvary Baptists. And and then I met a group of people, a group of wonderful people who formed the pulpit committee from Calvary. In fact, all of them are are still here. One had to move away, uh, but everyone else is still here, and those people have become a wonderful group of friends, and it was such a joy to get to know them and really to hear from them. Um, what, what uh, Calvary was looking for and what Calvary needed at the time. And uh, they explained, um, as others did, that the church had struggled for a few years and it was in need of revitalization and, and uh, Calvary had had some really good years um, and then it had had some, some rough years, some tough times, as many churches do, most churches, if not all. And the the pulpit committee had a good pulse on uh, the congregation and seemed to have a clear vision of what the church was looking for. And really, church revitalization and, and healthy church has always been a desire of mine. I had the opportunity to plant Keystone Bible Church down in Florida. And while I was serving there, I had the opportunity to be a part of a couple other revitalization efforts. And so Vivian and I uh, started a real clear biblical process of decision-making. We have a very clear biblical process how we go through that. And and uh, we, we sought the Lord and prayed and sought counsel and used Bible-soaked logic and and looked at the open door. And, and, uh, and, and so we became convinced that moving our family uh, here in 2017 was the next step for us that God had. And just to make it crystal clear, we are absolutely confident that that was uh, God's will at that time, and it is his will today. And so we are completely confident of that. So that's why we came. Uh, what did God do here at Calvary? Well, um, I just want to start and, and just kind of just highlight a few things, because um, I was taught in Bible college by Les Olala Every Monday in chapel, he would start with works of God testimonies and uh, we would recount what God had done uh, over the weekend in local churches and, and things that he had done during the week. And so um, that's kind of been ingrained in my mind. That's why every Thanksgiving we do works of God, testimonies. And, um, but what, what God did, these are his works, and, and I just wanted to highlight a few. I couldn't list all of them, but I, I, I think they're important for us to understand um, generally uh, how God has, has done some amazing things. We had a pretty clear five-year revitalization plan, and uh, I had no plan to ever stop pastoring here. That wasn't in my plan, um, but I'm thankful that we were able to, with this wonderful team that God has here, this pastoral team, I'm so thankful that we were able to see that plan pretty much accomplished and, and see it in motion, and, and, and um, we're, we're in path for a continued health here in Simpsonville. But as far as some specifics, one thing that means a lot to me that God did was He allowed us to establish a, what is called biblically a plurality of eldership. Um, you may not totally understand what that means, but basically it's a team concept. I'm a team concept guy, and uh, when the pulpit committee brought my wife and I here to Greenville, our first visit, uh, we were in a hotel in the in the area in a conference room and. and Someone asked, What's one of the first things that you will do at Calvary when you come? And I said, um, Well, I will implement a plurality of eldership. Uh, we will be a team. And Lord willing, or I, I think looking back, trying to be as completely honest as possible, I think from day one, uh, our team has been able to make almost every decision together in the last uh, five and a half, six years. And I'm so thankful for that. And, and the final piece of that plurality of eldership was um, God allowing us to update our constitution to allow a pathway for gifted men uh, within our body who desired pastoral ministry to serve in that capacity here in the church. In fact, this morning we saw Chase, who is bivocational. He's a pastor at our church and has another job as well. And uh, we have seen that, and we have other guys in the pipeline who desire that, and we're excited. And so that means a lot to me that God did that uh, while we were here. Also, the NET team was uh, reestablished. Well, it it was a new name, but the reestablishment of uh, evangelism program here under Pastor Guy, leading a group of people who could reach a three-mile radius of, of our uh, church building and the neighborhoods that surround here. And, and much has been accomplished with those efforts through the years. And we've seen many people visit our church, and, and, and even just many people come to know the Lord and the salvations that he has brought. So thankful for that counseling ministry was able to be reestablished as well in a formal capacity uh, with the help of Don Arms and those who have pursued certification. Those efforts um, are only continuing and I'm hoping that they will grow more and more so that we can just continue to love people in time of need and be a help and and see our community uh, reached in that capacity. capacity. We have a pastoral staff that's very unique. Um, Those of you who may not understand all of church life we have a pastoral staff that all of them do counseling, and that's pretty rare because sometimes churches have a counseling pastor and and kind of put everything on him. And yet our team actually enjoys and serves in that capacity, which is healthy and I believe right. My first week here, um, one of our employees, Mike Deeschberg, uh, told me about a marriage program called uh, Reengage and how uh, it had been such a blessing to he and Roseanne. and And so uh, that was part of something that from day one that I had heard about and um, part of our counseling ministry, the overall soul care approach has been re and over the last few years we've seen over a hundred couples, I believe that that is an accurate statistic, over a hundred couples go through that ministry and um, it's just, it's just um, so thankful for how God has brought all that together. I think um, it's appropriate to just praise God for being Jehovah Jireh He has provided financially for our church. Um, Every year, the Lord has uh, allowed us to to meet our budget and exceed it in our giving, which has allowed us to save money and give a lot of money away. And that's important. And God provided funds every year for us to renovate one of the spaces on campus that was a little older, including uh, the college room, Altizer Hall, the gymnasium, the youth center, and now we're currently uh, making the final plans to renovate the admin building, and so we praise God for how He has provided. One of the most exciting things for me to watch was God providing money to reduce the debt load here at Calvary. Uh, we started here, and the debt load was three point seven million, and uh, God has allowed us to pay that down to one point six million. And I can't wait to hear of the day when um, we pay back all the money that we owe for, um, for this structure that was borrowed, and uh, I'm very thankful for how God has provided. I could highlight many, many other things, but the last thing that I want to focus on is I think that God has renewed the spirit of Calvary um, at this church And I I believe in my heart that Calvary is a loving community. Um, We aren't perfect, and unfortunately people fall through the cracks, and I hate that, and our pastoral team hates that. But with the system and care in place and the commitment that you all have for one another, um, I would say Calvary is a loving church. And I've watched the pastoral team carefully love people, the deacon team love people, and I've watched the Spirit motivate believers to love and care for each other in so many ways, and I could list thousands of them over the last five to six years. So I praise the Lord for what he has done here. He has brought a spirit of unity. As I was thinking over uh, yesterday, all the church votes that we've had in the last uh, few years, I am pretty sure it's accurate that we have not had one vote under 90%. In fact, I think at least all of them, if not maybe all but one or two, were 95% and above. And again, very, very rare for a Baptist church. It just is to, to God's glory for what he has done. So, where does Calvary go from here? Well, I mentioned at the end of of the message last week that I needed to pull back um, from ministry for a while. And after 25 years of going pretty strong, coupled with family trials, some personal struggles. I'm a little tired and worn out. I think I could have fun- functioned for a while. But Calvary is at such a great place of health. I don't want my lack of energy or my personal struggles to hurt God's church in any way. Or see it decline. So from here with an amazing pastoral team, that is established in a new energetic leader, I really believe Calvary is going to continue to be a great gospel community church. So my challenge to you is let's keep pursuing health. When a person gets healthy, in order to stay healthy, you have to keep putting in the work. You have to eat right, you have to exercise and so as god has restored health to this body it takes work to continue and so my challenge is from here to pursue church health and so i want to just say some things along those lines directly from the scripture if you would go to first timothy first timothy chapter 3 and verse 14 Scripture says, I'm writing these things to you, hoping to come to you before long. But in case I am delayed, I write so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God, which is the church of the living God and the pillar and support of the truth. This was one of the first passages that I preached on here when I came, because I really believe that the local church is the center of what God is doing during this season and time. It's not at the back, it's not at the side, it's at the center. I was taught this many, many years ago in seminary, and I believe it wholeheartedly today. And this passage gives us a description of the local church that I think will help us moving forward to think correctly about Calvary Baptist Church. Paul here is writing to Timothy and he's encouraging him how to, to view and the purpose of the letter and how to view the church. And, 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 and this description here of what we see kind of keeps us hemmed in as to what's really, really important in the days ahead. And I want you just first of all to understand what God has said about his church How does he describe his church? And number one is he describes it as his household. It is the house of God. And he is not talking about this building. Over the centuries, people have gotten it so confused uh, about churches that that they are actually structures and and cathedrals and places like that. The, The church is not a building, it is God's people. When I was young, I think I've used this illustration before, but I was told, don't run in the church. And uh, while I understand what parents, my parents probably even, my dad's watching today, um, probably meant by that, we, we started young, we started training kids young to think incorrectly about the church. Instead of just talking about appropriate behavior in a time and place, we actually referred to a place, a sanctuary, as something that was sacred and and I think it, it, it caused and has caused a lot of confusion. There's nothing sacred about this building. The only thing sacred about today is God's people meeting together and He is here with us. The church is God's people. It is not a building. It is the dwelling place of God. It's his belonging. He owns the church. This is what uh, Ephesians says. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole building being fit together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord. God's church is Calvary Baptist Church. It is the people of God. And as we move forward, thankfully we are staying, we're not going anywhere, we get to be apart. As we move forward, we must keep that in mind. We must think correctly about this place. It is his. The other part of this is that it's a household. It's a family. And as a family is together, the good good times and the bad times, a family should stay together. And many of you have committed in days past, to be a member here. And, and I'm asking you to, to stay and, and, and stay with the family and watch God work. This is His church. And there, are, there will be good times and there will be bad times. And that's why I love the greeting time because I mean, it tells us right in Scripture to greet one another. But the church should be a loving place and a family is the expression of how we should really flow here at Calvary. One writer said it like this, Life in the church is life, like life on a bus. We are all in this together, and we're called to make room for others, defer to others, help others, and even serve others. But in our efforts to make the church as convenient as we can, we have tried to market her as more of a motorcycle instead of the bus that she really is what does the author mean when we start viewing the church as my church as individuals we forget it actually belongs to god we're not consumers here we're givers because we've been given to and so as we move forward we must think of the church as not as your little motorcycle with your opinion, your desires, your vision for what it should be, but in deference to one another, say, you know what, I'm I'm on a bus with a bunch of people, and sometimes I don't even like the person next to me. That's reality, right? But because Jesus is in the center We can exhibit love. Love is patient and love is kind. It bears with one another. It doesn't hold records of wrong. We are a family and we need to move forward as a family. The second thing here in this passage is uh, it's described as the church of the living God. it's, It's... god's church again it belongs to him the ecclesia it's it's a called out group of people we have been changed we have been brought out of something into the family of god and it is his to um, direct us and guide us and it is his to choose how the future looks Over and over, I could give you multiple, 1 Corinthians, 1 Timothy, all kinds of passages that describe God being the owner of the church. Be on guard for yourselves. This is in Acts. And for all the flock among among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God. He's the possessor. And why is he possessor? Because he purchased it with his own blood. Jesus Christ gave of himself for the church. There's no greater value that anything could have ever been paid. So if Calvary Baptist Church does not belong to us, it belongs to God, we better be very careful how we view it, and we better be very careful how we treat it. When you put this kind of value on something, something you literally cannot measure, We better be very careful in the days ahead. This is God's church, and He will take care of His church. And I want to just remind us, the vision of Calvary is to be a God-centered, healthy community of faith. This is one of the very first things I said when I came. This is the vision. People have asked me for years, what's the plan? Where are you headed? Where's Calvary headed? And I always say, this right here, Because if you remember, form versus function in Scripture, there's not a lot of uh, descriptions in the New Testament about the local church, and they're pretty general. The forms are those applications that we can come up with, and that's why multiple, you can go all over Simpsonville and see a variety of churches this morning and how they worship and how they do things, and it's okay, because those are forms. As long as the functions, the actual commands of Scripture are there, and that's the real small stuff that we have to get right. And what we know in Scripture is that God wants His church to continue as long as He tarries. And He wants us to have the truth at the center. And He wants it to be a loving environment. And He wants us to, as a family, reach out to the community who is in desperate need of the gospel. We want to be God-centered. What does that mean? Just for a reminder, one more time, I had to, right? I've said it every year, but i just got to say it one more time. God's center means that we live to do His will, and we glorify Him by doing the work that He has given us to do. Which means then, God's glory is the motivation and the measurement of our ministry. Period. When you take the storyline of Scripture from start to finish, it's the glory of God. That's why we were created. That's what it tells us in Isaiah. And so from start to finish, it is about his glory. And that's what motivates us. And that's what should motivate us for the future. And that's how we measure success. Was God glorified? Is God being glorified? And our hope should be that God will be glorified. We want to be a God-centered, not me-centered do not think of this process as we move forward as individuals. We are a family that belongs to God. And we need to move forward understanding He is the owner. And we can trust Him. We can trust Him. And He needs to be glorified through the process. The third thing is said here that we are the pillar in the support of truth. Um, the church actually holds up the truth. It's the, it's the foundation of truth in a society and our service for Christ. And this day, the Temple of Diana was there and it was the testimony of the pagan gods. And So Paul uses this, this idea of pillar and support of the one true church to, to really help picture what God's purpose and intent is for his chur- church. And so we have the opportunity And have had for 38 years now to be an instrument in Simpsonville, South Carolina to proclaim his church and his truth. And as we look forward, that's what we want to do. We want to be able to hold the truth high. And so we must be very, very careful that we see that we are here for a purpose. This is not a social club. This is not for us to just feel good about ourselves, we are established for the glory of God to proclaim his truth. And Calvary is poised to be a place that can continue to do that for many, many years to come. Remember I talked about the 100-year plan. If you were here for that. The 100-year plan has not changed unless God in his sovereign timetable changes it. We are here for his glory to proclaim the truth. So for the future, we must continue to look to our owner, Jesus Christ, who purchased this wonderful place with his blood and fulfill his purposes, which are to proclaim the truth. And do it in a way that glorifies God, that brings Him glory. So for my final encouragement, I just have a few things I want you to think about as we close. If you've taken our new members class, and I think I've probably mentioned this in messages before, I'm big on baggage checks. We tend to view life through our bags, right? You go to the airport, so nice to be able to check bags, even if you have to pay 30 or 40 bucks, whatever it is, it's still nice to check those things and be able to walk away and just get on, get on your way. But so many times in the local church, we view life through our bags of experiences. Sometimes those are really good experiences. There's a lot of people here who have had good experiences in local churches. But sometimes we view them through our bad experiences, We've been hurt by people, we've been hurt by pastors, we've been, we've been, you know, the list could go on and on. And we, we bring our bags into whatever local church it is, and, and perhaps you're still hanging on to some bags here at Calvary. And, and I'm asking you right from the beginning in this next season of time to check your bags. Maybe you've never been through a, a transition of a lead teaching pastor before, and that's probably a good thing. Because by God's grace, Calvary's gonna do it really, really well. But maybe you've been through a rough experience and you're like, oh, I just don't know if I can go through that. And I'm asking you to check your bags. Go to the scriptures. It's God that owns this place. He has a purpose for it for many years to come. And he is the provider. And so we check our bags. And, and and we trust God to show this church what is next. And it's a challenge for a church to go through this process. And, and so I, I want you to choose in these moments this morning as we begin. Ask the pastoral team on Tuesday, I wanted to put in the bulletin this morning that we're taking nominations for the pulpit committee, and we're ready to go. And they're like, no, 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 just slow down. And and it was in their kindness towards me. They're like, we don't want it to seem like we're kicking you out. And I wouldn't have taken it that way. That's just how excited I am about what God has for the future of Calvary, because I'm going to be a part of it. And next week, you're going to be able to hear a plan of, of what, what's going to happen. And, and the pastoral team is committed to, to doing the best they can to lead that quickly and effectively. But with God setting the timetable. So I'm asking you to check your bags and trust him. And watch God work. I'm also asking you to pray. I'm asking you to pray for the next two weeks and even beyond that. It would probably take more than two weeks to find someone. Maybe not. I'd be okay with it. But I'm asking you to take two weeks. Our family's going to be gone, and the ch- we have spring break, and um, my wife and I are going to take a little trip together. and So we're going to be gone, which will give the church opportunity to talk and say things, and you're not going to offend us or hurt us, trust us. But I'm going to ask you to pray for two weeks daily that God will clearly direct our church family to be able to form a public committee that will be able to represent this church, to be able to bring candidates for you all to really, for all of us, to understand who the next person is. That this is crucial that God is in the center of it. And so please, whatever you're feeling right now, whatever you're thinking I'm asking you to put all that aside, check those bags, and start praying and start seeking God. Because it is my desire that God is glorified in this church for many, many decades to come. The third thing I'm asking is for you to seek unity. Ephesians 4 verse 3 says that the unity is actually here in a local church. It's a gift by the Spirit. And what every member is supposed to do, they're supposed to guard it. They're they're supposed to be diligent to preserve it. And so I am calling every person who is a part of the Calvary Baptist family in the next several weeks to seek unity. Be diligent to preserve it. What does that look like that means that every time you want to say something negative, don't say it. Every time you want to say something critical, don't do it. Every time you want to share news or potentially gossip, don't do it. It will only hurt the process Scripture says that we are to spur one another on to good works. And so let's do that with starting with our speech. Let's let's do right. And let's seek unity. Let's be diligent to preserve the unity that God has given us. It's a gift. And it has been a pure joy, as I said last week, And I've said it to many people this morning purposely. It has been nothing but a joy to serve here. Because I have experienced a Baptist church that has great unity and and people who love one another and people who love the gospel. So please, please consider these words. And my last thing that... I want to leave with you is that you would love others. Scripture says very clearly. We are to love our neighbor as ourselves. And of all places where that should be, should be a local church in God's family. And you know my heart because I've been very frank through, through the years. One of the saddest things I have seen are Christians who don't love. So I'm asking you, Love people who are like you. It's pretty easy to do that. But love people who are different than you. Love people who agree with you. But love people who disagree with you. Let the love of Christ. Flow through your life. We have a prayer meeting on Sunday mornings. And uh, this morning <laughs> it brought joy to my heart because the man who prayed in his prayer thanked God that he learned to love people who were different than him over the last few years. And if there is anything that I would love for you to remember about me is that we loved people And we are going to continue to love people. As you go out today, you're going to receive a little bookmark. It's a poem that my brother-in-law actually wrote a couple weeks ago. And when he wrote it, I immediately thought, that's my prayer for Calvary as we wrap things up. And I'm not going to read the poem, but I hope everyone will get a copy, and I hope you will read it. But it's my prayer, and I, I, I hope it will be yours. But the last stanza says, standing for the truth, yes, without compromise, always truth in love, and mercy emphasized. Mercy is what? God has given us. And it's so hard to give it out. But by the help of the Spirit, we can continue to be a place where the mercy of God is celebrated and given to everyone. everyone. Would you bow with me as we close in prayer? I'm asking you to take these final words of encouragement and in the quietness of this moment, make a commitment in your heart First of all, you'll check your bags if that's appropriate. Your opinions, your perspectives of what's happened in the past whether here or other places and believe that God can be glorified through a process. Seek him for clear direction for the future. Be diligent to preserve the unity that is here by the Spirit and by His grace commit to love people. All kinds of people. Would you please make those commitments today? Jesus be glorified as we move forward thank you that you are the God of Calvary Baptist Church this is your household we are your family and you've given us a purpose to be a pillar and support of the truth and God would you help us to reflect your heart as we do so Would you help us to be a people who love to give mercy and kindness? Would you let the love of Christ flow through our lives and into this community to every single person? Putting all prejudice, all discrimination, all opinions and perspectives Aside, only seeing the opportunity for Jesus to be proclaimed. Do a work in our midst. We're confident you're going to. And we look forward to be re- able to rejoice in your works in the days to come for your glory.